I can become anything I set my mind to. I could be a football player, or a king, or a spaceman. Or a football playing king in space with a mustache. A football playing king in space with a mustache. I think that's all of our dream. Possibly a reality for me soon. I might have to grow out my mustache. We'll see how things go. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. We got a great show for you guys today. The NFL season is already flying by, guys. We are in week three. So much to cover today. With me, as always, are the great doctors of physical therapy. We've got Tom Christ. We've got Sam Webb. How's it treating you, boys? Oh, lovely. I'm off to 2-0 start in my home league. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I'm not doing so hot, but, you know, it's only week two. We still got time. No, uh, no overreactions quite yet, but yeah, Tom, I feel I'm one in one in my home league. I feel okay, I guess, but that's like the one I care about. No matter how many leagues I'm in, that's the one. Always There's always the one. League. There's always one. Has to be. Has to be. Um, yeah. So speaking of mustache, guys, good news. We uh, we broke our all time views last show, which is is pretty solid. And only through our first season here, seventy three or not views listens, which was the most of all time. So you you listeners out there, we thank you guys so much as we continue to grow. Fun fact for you guys, it, it's pretty cool. Spotify shows you where all the listeners come from, and they give you all the dynamics. Most from the U.S., but guys, guess what? We got three listeners from Germany, one from Iceland, one from U.K., and one from Canada. So I guess never uh, never discount the power of the internet. So uh, to, to the really Iceland cool. viewer, if you are the Iceland uh, listener, please please reach out to us. We uh, <laughs> That's we wanna, amazing. We want to talk to you. impressive. It's pretty cool how uh, how fantasy football is spreading. Like when we talk to Frank in that interview, it's going everywhere now fast. And uh, yeah, and and I've been to a couple different countries in the past since last football season, and it's like I meet people from Germany, and they're like, "Oh, like Joe Burrow," and I meet people from like Brazil, and they're like, "I don't really understand football, but it's really cool, and I love how you guys do this fantasy thing." Like it's really spreading. It's really really cool. It is. It is really cool to uh sit and manage a, I guess a fake team. My, my wife showed me a meme or, or whatever the other day. She's like, yeah, my, my, my fall is now shot because my husband wants to sit on the couch and manage a fake team. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. That's accurate. Um, Tom, one more thing with you. I saw, you know, before we get into our content here that you are taking a Spanish class. Um, are we planning on moving to Spanish or are we, this actually ties in perfectly with our viewers from around the, uh, around the world. Uh, what's the deal uh, si with senor. that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yo, Aprendo Espanol. Uh, I'm trying to learn Spanish. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I've been to a number of uh, Spanish speaking countries in the past year and it just inspired me. All right. Well, you could talk Spanish, uh, you know, to our to our listeners and uh, maybe to some some females for you out there, Tom, and your next uh, your next endeavors to these countries. We won't put you on the spot too much, but. Hey, birds looking great, Tom, for you, 2-0. Uh, Giants off to a 2-0 start. Pat's uh, toughing out against the Steelers, 2-1. So Let's go. Listen, the boys are doing pretty good, 6-1 collectively. Um, you know, just looking at the NFL, I don't see anybody beating the Bills. I mean, I think your math's so a little bit off there, Joe. I think that uh, it's 5-1. 5-1, sorry. It was, you know, it was a long day for yeah, me. Yeah, it's okay. Two. You're not a math two. teacher. Oh, 2 plus 2 plus 1 is 5. 5-1, okay. 5-1. There haven't been 6 games yet or 6 wins yet, but... Uh, NFL season rolling, boys, and I'm super excited about it. And as always, guys, the listeners, we thank you guys so much. And if you ever have suggestions for our show, we want to hear them, guys. If you guys want players that you want to hear about or discuss, we always do our very best no matter what. We take the prep. We take the time. We want to give you guys the very best show possible. So suggestions or anything that you guys want to hear, always reach out to us. But 
here we go, boys. Today's show. So we have injury updates and news from around the league. We've got start sit again. And then a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Hannah Friedman, a special guest on our show, who is going to give us some, some medical insight on traumatic injuries. Uh, she works on some ICU units at a hospital. We will talk about that later. But here we go. You guys ready for the week three show? Let's do it. All right. Ready to rip. Let's rip it. Uh, a bunch of injuries from around the league. So let's talk. Let's start with you, Tom, in the AFC, a, a, a sad, AFC. tragic one. The NFC. Man, this is a, we're having ourselves a day here. Uh, Trey Lance. So season ending surgery to repair multiple injuries in his ankle. Um, you know, going to be out definitely for the year. What are your thoughts there, Tom? Really sad to see such a young ridiculously explosive talent guy picked in a lot of fantasy leagues. I know, I know friend of the show and, and writer for us, Vin has him in so many leagues. He was devastated by it, but what happened with Trey Lance, Tom? Yeah, I was really looking forward to, to watch him this year. We really didn't get a sample at all because his first game, it was like monsooning and, and that really was not a good um, sample of what he can do. The official diagnosis is a fibular fracture with ligament damage. Um, looking at the injury, you saw his foot was going not the direction it's supposed to go. The initial thought there is typically a tibial fracture, which is the big shin bone. Um, that it was not reported to be fractured, so likely his ankle dislocated, which is why it was facing the wrong direction and why there's ligament damage that was uh, surgically managed. Um, so his season's over, unfortunately. Jimmy G is the guy there now. Um, the good news for Trey is that the fibula is the smaller of the two shin bones and does not take on nearly as much force with weight bearing. Um, and we've seen four QBs in the past who have had a similar injury. Dak Prescott being the most recent, all of them have returned to play right at their uh, baseline right away. Like, I mean, week one, they were performing from a fantasy standpoint, just as well as they did before injury. The challenge for Trey will be this is his right leg, which is the leg that he pushes off on to generate all of his force when he throws the ball. And he's a very mobile quarterback. So running is a big, big, big part of his game. Some of the challenges that he'll face in rehab and some things that he'll need to accomplish are getting that range of motion back to the ankle. We've talked extensively about how stiffness in the ankle from previous injuries and surgery can alter mechanics up the chain into the knee, into the hip, into the back. They can cause injuries down the road, particularly he's going to need to regain the motions of inversion and eversion, which occur at the ankle joint. That's a, it's similar to, it, it's part of what goes into the pronation and supination that most people have probably heard of, especially the runners out there. But this rotational mo motion is, is incredibly important for any kind of thrower. Um, and I'm sure his medical staff will be all over making sure he gets that back. Okay, so are we going to expect him back fully next year? Like week one next year looks like Lance will, you know, long way off, but hopefully we'll be back by then. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, that's he's got what, 50 weeks to, to get ready. That should be plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. Okay. And I mean, good thing they didn't trade Jimmy G. I mean, people were, were you know, there was so much speculation around the league about where Jimmy G might go. They held on to him as a security blanket and it wound up working for them. And just fantasy implications. I mean, Jimmy looked good and I hate to say it, but I, I almost think that this Lance injury helps everybody else out on the team and their stock, including Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, possibly their running game. I mean, listen, Trey Lance, we didn't see much from him, but 
you know, he's a guy that, that is supposed to be able to do it all. He was going to definitely take some rushing attempts away on the goal line. I think Jimmy G more of a pure passer. I mean, Ayuk, I think is going to be a fine play going forward. Guy had eight targets last week. Don't forget. Ayuk was picked over Debo last year. You know, we can never forget that Debo was okay at six targets. Um, you know, I think they're going to lean on the run a lot as well with Jeff Wilson and then Jordan Mason as well, possibly getting some action in there. Um, you know, and I think if you guys had Trey Lance, there's some options to pivot to out there. You know, I think Wentz is still available in a bunch of leagues, even Tua. So he can't possibly keep up that pace that he just kept up. But that was incredible. It was what six touchdowns, an absolutely unbelievable game. But there's definitely some guys out there, you know, definitely awful to hear the Trey Lance news. But, you know, fantasy wise for the 49ers, I'm feeling confident. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I feel still pretty good about their offensive threats. Yeah, the rest of their assets are, are fine. Okay. All right, Sam, on to you, brother. So we have another quarterback in the AFC, um, Justin Herbert. Day to day, I believe with a rib cartilage or cartridge, excuse me, fracture. What the heck does that mean, Sam? A, a rib cartridge, cartridge, man, I'm having a rough cartilage. time. Here. It's Cart- cartilage. It says yeah, okay. it's cartilage. <laughs> man, the baby's keeping me up back to school yeah, night tonight. Okay. But uh, Sam, what's going on with Justin Herbert? Yeah. So uh, like you said, rib cartilage uh, fracture. Um, so if you want to learn more about the specific type of injury, Tom actually did a really good job of laying out the uh, rib cartilage injury when he was talking about Alvin Kamara and his injury update this week. So take a look at that on the website and it really does a good job taking showing pictures, showing how that is kind of in the anatomy and how that can affect throwing motion itself. Uh, As for whether or not he's going to play this week, I think he will play this week. He's already limited in practice today. He was taking uh, part in what they called rotational work. Um, Whether that's rotating in and out with like receivers or, actual body rotational work not sure but either oh way. good point i assumed the latter when you said that oh, did that's, a good, that's a good point though <laughs> yeah so i I'll, picture him doing like crunches and just rotating right? his upper body is that what we're is that what we're talking <laughs> nah, about? i don't think so that but yeah who really knows what that actually means but either way it's good to hear that he's uh, at least getting in some limited work with his his team and it sounds like he's planning to progress into more practice tomorrow um as for fantasy impact and how it's going to kind of affect him and the team I think you need to be prepared to have a backup plan in case he does sit and maybe someone on the waiver wire or on your, that you can pick up as a free agent just in case. Um, But my guess is he will play. He is a real tough guy. And as far as outcomes after that, I would expect him to not be making as many deep throws down the field just because of pain. And so that may impact Mike Williams uh, performance. But as a, for a positive, we might actually see some more pass attempts to Eckler and Keenan Allen if he's able to go in those kind of short yardage situations. So I guess it could end up being a positive, especially for all the Eckler owners out there. But we'll have to find out as the week goes on. All right. Some good analysis there. Me, me as a big Mike Williams guy hates to hear that. And I was going to ask about him. But listen, man, Herbert is a dog. This guy, if you watched, when did they last play? When did he get hurt? Was it Thursday? Thursday. Night? Thursday night, man. Yep. In so much pain. I mean, I, there was that one play where he scrambled out and somebody was open and he just kind of flipped the ball down because he couldn't. Dude comes back and throws a touchdown to Joshua Palmer. People, Joshua Palmer, people were, were praising him, but my God, he is tough. I hope that he plays this week. Um, you know, definitely, Sam, I think you're totally right on the Eckler usage. His usage has been a little bit down this year, a little bit strange. I mean, they're getting uh, some other guys involved there. I wouldn't say it's a concern, but we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully, Justin Herbert plays. 
definitely good for the league and, and fantasy implications for sure. So, all right, Tom, back to you with Alvin Kamara. He was a member of our show last week as we, we discussed him. So rib injury, is he back this week? What, what's going on with Kamara? So conveniently, same injury as Sam was just talking about with Herbert. Uh, he was limited today in practice. He's one that we're going to just need to constantly monitor throughout the week. Um, something interesting in, in the, uh, I think is the Fox pregame the other day uh, when Jay Glazer was on, I, I forget if he's Fox or someone else. They showed a video of Kamara warming up before the game, um, which these players will sometimes do knowing that they're not going to play. Uh, and he was trying to do a stretch where he reaches his arm above head and he could hardly get his shoulder past a hundred degrees or uh, his arm past a hundred degrees. And you could see him grimacing. And the reason for that is because there's so many muscles that, that move the arm and the shoulder that attach on the ribs, particularly the lat and the pec major muscle are the, are the big ones. And with, with this being a rib cartilage injury, it's, it would be more the pec muscle that attaches on the rib car, literally on the rib cartilage that would be causing that pain. And that's somewhat relevant because the pec is highly involved when carrying the ball to, to squeeze it and prevent defenders from ripping it out, but also with blocking. It's highly involved in both of those. If Camara plays... I mean, it sounds like he's doing better. If he plays, I don't expect any decline in his performance when he's on the field, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a snap count reduction. And, and that's, that's information that they may give us before the game, like, they, like the Lions did with DeAndre Swift, or we may not. But regardless, we know this guy can put up a lot of points on not a lot of touches. So if he's out there, I think you can pretty confidently start him. Okay, definitely kind of a hyper-efficient guy, almost like Swift, what we saw last week. So sounds like it's getting better, but sounds painful for sure. I mean, I don't know if you can trust anybody else if Kamara doesn't play. I mean, on waiver wires, we saw a lot of people picking up Mark Ingram, who was efficient. I mean, 10 carries for 60 yards. He had two catches for a couple yards, three yards. I think it's a very, very, very low-end play, Mark Ingram. But we're hoping that Kamara plays. We'll have to see how that goes. But how about Chris Olave? One of you guys brought him up on one of the other shows. I mean, listen, had a decent performance. He was five for 80. Dude had 13 targets. And the, the crazy thing is, I'm sure some of you guys saw it, 334 air yards. Oh, my goodness. I did not see that. That is a lot. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. That's, it, that's a ton of air, air yards. It's a weird stat, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily equate to points. But, my God, they're airing it out to him. So, just for reference, that's the highest ever for a rookie, and that's in Chris Olave's second NFL game. The only two people ever in NFL history to have more air yards, Josh Gordon in 2013 with 356, and Hopkins with 414 in 2015. Now, um, here, here's, what, here's what I want to know. Does that count the 30 extra yards that Jameis throws it over your head? That's a great question. I think it's only where you're supposed to catch the ball. I could be wrong, but dude, Tom, you brought it up, man. Jameis is going to air it out. You said it. Listen, Jameis, not fantasy gold himself, but my God, you got Michael Thomas over there. You got Chris Olave, who, by the way, if he is on your 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 free agent wire somehow, make sure that he's picked up. But he's going to, I think, soon turn into a guy that's a must-play um, as a rookie already looks good. And for you, Tom, Michael Thomas gets in the end zone again. So League winner. You, can, uh, you, can, you can gloat about that a little bit for us. Okay. So, Sam, the people want to know, about Michael Pittman. 
quad injury seems probable to play. It looks pretty good, but what do we make of the Michael Pittman injury? Yeah, it sounds like uh, he's probably going to be good to go for this week. Uh, last week, I didn't actually anticipate him missing the game, but it sounded like he kind of aggravated his quad injury during practice last week. So that's probably why they ended up holding him out. As we all saw, the Colts did not do well without him. They didn't put up a single point, complete blowout. Um, so regardless if he's truly 100% or not, I think they're going to force him back into the lineup. Um, they don't really have a reason to, to hold him out. There's probably not a huge chance of re-aggravation, even though I know he did last week. So hopefully he's ready to go. Our data shows that most wide receivers only miss an average of 1.4 games with the quad injury. So he's right around that ballpark and they, they do really well on their return from injury. So they only met, they, they only show an average missing minus 0.7 points per game in their first game back. All right. So concern with Michael Pittman, not high. If he plays not obviously a, a, a must start. I mean, Sam, you nailed it. They looked so bad and so incapable. Matt Ryan passer rating, 34, ladies and gentlemen. That oh is my. Listen, That's I got all the numbers. Lousy. This is what I do. That's I'm a atrocious. numbers nerd. I'm a numbers nerd, even though I couldn't add how many couldn't, wins our teams had before. <laughs> I, I counted six, but I mean, they looked really bad. And it is a damn crime that Jonathan Taylor had nine carries. It, it's literally a crime. I don't care about the game script if you're the Colts. Feed the man the ball. But it did show that clearly this team runs. Yes, they runs through JT, but they need Pittman. And when Pittman is there, I wish I had more shares of this guy. Dude is going to be a wide receiver one with a ton of upside and uh, happy to hear that he's going to be back this week. Hopefully, Sam. So something to monitor there. OK, Tommy Boy, we've got Trey Lance done. We've got Kamara done. How about James Conner? Um, seemed to avoid a serious ankle injury, you know, guy that went early first or, or early, um, you know, second round, late second round, not a great game. Seven for 25, two catches for 26 yards. What are we looking at here for James Conner? Yeah, he's off to a little bit of a slow start this year. Um, it doesn't look serious. Uh, Kingsbury said he's day to day, which to me sounds like he's probably going to play. Uh, we've talked a lot about how a history of ankle sprains can be predictive for future injuries, but that's really more the more severe ones that lead to that stiffness and, and loss of, uh, of the proprioception we've talked about or your awareness of where your foot is in space. Um, and if he's ready, if he's day to day, it's, it's not a very severe injury. So I don't think this is a major concern going forward. Um, one stat that fantasy players are going to want to be mindful of is that since 2017, only 28% of running backs coming off an ankle sprain meet or exceed their pre-injury baseline points per game. Um, that being said, an ankle sprain would more so impact a running back who, who's more agile and, and really benefits from, from their quickness, change of direction. Connor's more of a bruiser, so he just kind of wants to get downhill, hit the hole, run people over. So that's not going to affect him quite as much. Um, and kind of like what we talked about with DeAndre Swift last week, Connor's baseline is high enough that if he's a couple points below that, he's still probably better than your next option. So if he's out there, you're playing him. Okay. Temper expectations a little bit. I think you said only 28% of running backs reach what they had before, you know, their typical baseline. So maybe a little bit of regression there, but I don't see a world where Connor is on my team and I'm sitting him. Um, 
Guy just to to mention is Darrell Williams. He's another guy that you guys have to check your waivers constantly. I mean, I know it's time consuming and I know it takes time, but you got to be checking. Don't just check for waivers in the initial pickup. Look at who is dropped because you might find gold out there. But Darrell Williams is a guy who is definitely a capable backup. Should be rostered everywhere. Last week, eight for 59, which is a whopping 7.4 yards a carry. Um, you know, if anything was to happen to Connor, he's definitely a great guy to have on your roster. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a guy that can play a role alongside Connor later in the year it remains to be seen. Okay. How about Justin Herbert's boy, Keenan Allen? We're hoping to have him back with a hamstring. Uh, you know, we, we know it's not the best injury to have, but do we expect him back this week, Sam Keenan Allen? Yeah, uh, for Keaton Allen, this is going to be a real interesting one to kind of follow throughout the week. When he first injured his hamstring, I remember they kind of reported that he had to get an MRI on it. Um, I generally, just kind of following along, I don't love when someone pulls their hamstring and they have to get an MRI just from like a medical standpoint. Typically, if it's a real minor hamstring strain, you don't have to order an MRI for every single one. It's pretty easy to know whether if it's real mild, then there's no need for it. Versus if it's a more severe injury, they kind of have to figure out, all right, is it, is it fully torn? Are you out for the season? Or is it kind of more of a grade two thing where you can still kind of recover from it and come back? So originally I was kind of down on Allen for a couple of weeks, expecting him to probably at least miss one. I know they had the Thursday night game. So by missing that game, it gives him extra time to be ready for week three. But I'm still, I'm not convinced that he will be going this week, unfortunately. Um, our data shows that, most receivers miss 1.8 games, so he'd be right around one or two games if he misses another one. And when they do come back, they still don't do very well in the first game back. And we've talked about this so much, but they miss, they go down by two and a half points in their first game back. So, and you couple that with Justin Herbert a little bit banged up. Right. I mean, listen, we don't all have the luxury of being able to sit Keenan Allen, but. Another guy that you should, I guess, temper your expectations for. I mentioned the guy earlier on the show, Brandon Ayuk. Like, if you have someone like that on your roster, maybe looking to pivot off of it, but we're kind of looking, you know, for a down week here, possibly for Keenan Allen, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely going to have to keep paying attention to him throughout the week. If he's limited all the way through Friday, I wouldn't have high hopes for him. But if he's able to put in a full practice on Friday, maybe he'll do okay. But I don't, I don't have high hopes. Only in the third week, and L.A. is already hurt. And there's a ton of injuries, man. It's crazy, and it's uh, unfortunately part of uh, fantasy football and part of real football, too. And that's why we're here, guys, to help you out. So, Tommy Boy, DeAndre Swift, man, uh, he is so good at football. I, I Again, a guy I wish I had more shares of. Has an ankle injury. He still looked really efficient and explosive. They really, really limited him. I saw some some things online that he feels a lot better. It looks like he's probably going to play this week, but does that sound about right? looks like Swift's going to be hopefully back. Snap count, what are our thoughts there? Yeah, this one will be quick. Um, on seven touches last week, 51% of snaps, he had 15.7 points. There's no reports of setback. Start him with confidence. Nice and easy and quick. This dude has, this year, only 20 carries, 200 yards. 10 yards a carry. Oh my <laughs> God. He is so good. I mean, listen, it, it stinks that Williams cuts into it so much. It caps. I think what could be his true ceiling of, of honestly, the RB one overall, but listen, man, Swift, you made it easy for us. Dude's a top five running back. They got to let him loose. Um, and I think really, really good things to come for him throughout this year. So 
Good news there. Um, not such great news for the Broncos and Jerry Judy, a rib injury. X-rays did seem to be okay. I mean, he looks like he might be on track to play. We don't really know. Or maybe I just don't really know. Maybe you know, Sam. What's going on with Jerry Judy? Yeah, he set up practice today, as you mentioned. Another receiver that I don't really have a lot of high hopes for this week. Um, even though they said initial reports were showing that the X-rays came back as negative, sometimes X-rays right away aren't always 100% accurate. Sometimes fractures don't actually show up for one or two weeks, which may sound a little confusing, but it's not that uncommon um, in the rehab world. Um, I know he's clearly still in pain if he wasn't able to practice today. If it was just kind of like he got the wind knocked out of him, something like that, he would be better by now. So I don't have high hopes again for him this week. Okay. Broncos too, man. I don't know. I mean, no disrespect, but, but to me, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't seem ready. I mean, the Broncos only scoring 16 points at home against the Texans. That is, if I was a Broncos fan, I don't know what I would do. I would riot. I mean, tons of years of pain for me as a Giants fan, but I don't know, man. Tom, you're shaking your head. I, I, what's going on with the Broncos, man? And it's I, don't, I don't understand. It's been very confusing, and it, I don't know. Like, they look awful. They really, do. They, really they one and one or 0-2? They 0-2? They're 1-1. They're 1-1, one one. One 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 one, okay. but it's not been pretty. Something's it's off. Certainly hasn't been good. No. I mean, when you bring a new quarterback in, there is some time, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Listen, good news there. Sutton still looked great. If you have him last week, seven for 122 on 11 targets. Dude is an alpha. No one else on that team had more than two catches last week. So they definitely missed Jerry Judy. Williams had a pretty good game too. 15 for 75, five yards a carry. But again, Williams, five yards a carry. Melvin Gordon, 10 for 47, 4.7 yards a carry. Javante Williams would get more work if Gordon stopped looking so good in, in the work that he does get. So he's a guy like Swift where like, if you take out that second guy, man, the ceiling is absolutely insane, but I don't see Melvin Gordon going anywhere and I don't see Jamal Williams going anywhere. So temper expectations a little bit, but damn two guys. I want more shares of, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. A couple more players each guys. I think Tom, you got two more. And Three Sam, more. Or, let's see. We got Schultz. Okay. Yeah, so Dalton Schultz. I don't really have too much on this, but a knee injury, right, Tom? What, what's happening with, with Dalton Schultz? So it's a PCL injury, uh, very similar to what his teammate Ezekiel Elliott had last year. With a PCL, uh, like all other ligament injuries, it's graded one through three. With a PCL specifically, grades one and two are treated non-surgically typically, with um, grade three typically being the one that requires surgery. Um, and he's questionable for this week. So clearly he didn't need surgery. Clearly it's, it's not a, a super severe PCL injury. Um, but some things to be mindful of what the PCL does is it prevents the shin from moving backwards on the thigh, thigh bone, but it's also a secondary restraint against the knee caving in. Like you see with all these ACL injuries, like that's why the knee caves in so much because the ACL, which is the primary restraint against that gets torn. That being said, it doesn't really, the PCL doesn't really control that motion unless the knee's bent like really far. So functionally, that's why we're able to still play sports with a PCL injury. However, there's often a lot of swelling, a lot of pain, and the swelling being in the knee can cause the quad muscle to lose a lot of strength. We call it inhibition, um, where the muscle isn't actually smaller or weaker. It's just not able to activate as well. Um, it can also cause some balance loss of balance on, on the one leg, which the combination of all those 
can put an athlete at risk for a, another more severe injury. So that's something that I'm sure Dallas's training staff is being mindful of. They want to get that swelling down, make sure his strength is, is adequate. From a performance standpoint, we saw a notable decline in performance in Ezekiel Elliott last year after this injury. He plays a completely different position, and that's just one example. So we can't really make a conclusion there. Um, but I would expect some decline in his speed, agility, overall athleticism when he returns. Okay. Awesome analysis as always, Tom. Okay. On to you, Sam. Gabe Davis, an ankle injury, did not play on Monday night. Already going to be a short week for them. Um, what is our outlook for, for Gabe Davis? Yeah, Gabe Davis, uh, he actually, <clears throat> I believe he was limited in practice today. Uh, so that's definitely a good sign. Unfortunately, since the injury was at practice last week, I think it was on Saturday, um, we don't have any video of it, so we can't really tell just from looking at it, whether it's a lateral ankle sprain or if it's a high ankle sprain. It sounds like it's more of a lateral ankle sprain, which is a good news for fantasy players because he should be able to recover more quickly. and There's less impact um, once they do return. If for some reason it is a high ankle sprain, then I wouldn't be shocked if he does miss another week. Those ankle injuries tend to take more time to recover. Um, oftentimes they end up being surgical, but we would know that by now. So luckily it's not that bad, but if it isn't a high ankle sprain and it's a mild one, usually those receivers end up missing three to four games versus only one to two. And when they come back, they do not do as well either. So lateral ankle sprains have minimal impact versus a high ankle sprain has a minus 2.7 points per game when their first game back. All right. It sounds pretty significant. I mean, as good as Gabe Davis is and, and, and a growing player in this league, I don't think they missed him too much last game. Dude, how about Stefan no, Diggs this year, boys? He's Holy a monster. Uh, so, so good. Tom, what did you say last show? Somebody has lunch together. I mean, jo Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs <laughs> have to have every freaking meal together. I'm sure these they guys, do. These guys live together. I don't know what the hell it is, but... I'm sure my God, he is elite. Cook I dare mean, for each other every night. They do more than that. I don't know what they do. watch movies together. My Lord, they are. I mean, Diggs is unreal. I made such fun of my friend in my home league who took Diggs over cup. And I still think I still stand by the couple score more than him. But now that guy, Dan, I don't know if you're listening. It's starting to look smart quickly. We have a little side bet. Actually, I want to see what you guys think about this. We, you know, had a couple of brewskis at the draft, of course, and bets are flying left and right. So, I bet him that Cooper Cup and Saquon Barkley will outscore Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams this year. I'm on the Cup Barkley, and currently I'm down three. I like your side. I like your side. Barkley's a, a monster. Half point, half PPR. I'll go with you. Got to back up you. Oh, you guys shouldn't have. Thanks. I, ne I needed that confidence boost. But, dude, Diggs, 12 for 148, three touchdowns on 14 targets. Yeah, give me all that that I possibly can. My goodness. Okay. All right. How about to a guy that used to do things like that? Tom Julio Jones uh, hurt his knee. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't play last game. He used to do fun activities like that. He sure did. Um, hurt he his was knee one of, the opener, he was one of right? my favorites to watch in his prime. He's so, so fun. Speaking of like alpha, that, that's an alpha that's male. A, that's an alpha. Yes. <laughs> he is. He is a man. Um, dude's been on the injury report since like 2014. I don't, I don't know, Tom, but what's, uh, what's his deal? Is he looking? I mean, we know Mike Evans is suspended. So if Julio comes back, I, 
is he a must play? What, what's his deal? Injury, knee? If he comes back, he's a worthwhile consideration. Uh, but here's the thing. Just like last week, Tampa has not told us what's going on with his knee. They just listed as a knee injury. So we can't really break it down because we don't know. You know, an MCL is not the same as a meniscus. is not the same as a quad injury. is not the same as a hamstring injury. So there's really no analysis to give until we have more information, which they apparently don't want to give us. Unfortunate. I mean, I guess they don't have to disclose these things, but I think if he plays, you're starting them. I mean, the Bucks. I mean, we listen, we've seen the Bucks in shambles. They haven't looked good. We talked a couple of shows back about their offensive line. Um, Brady hasn't looked great even for net, but I think if Julio plays for me, I'm all in on him, you know, as a flex guy or even, you know, wide receiver three, um, just because Mike Evans is out and uh, had to fight who Lattimore this week, or I mean, it's always, yeah. it's always something with these guys. It's man. always those two. They have a history. Time. They was do. Lattimore the guy that um, someone else fought with? There was I forget. There was a classic fight years ago. Cornerback receiver. I'll have to look it up. Josh Norman and Odell Beckham. It could have been that one. Yeah, this one rivals that one pretty well. So, all right, I think this is our last injury here. With back to you, Tom. So George Kittle. I mean, he hasn't even played this year, right? Groin injury. Um, still not fully recovered. Are we, are we, is this guy ever coming back? What's up with that? So he practiced in a limited fashion again today, which he did, I believe a couple days last week. Um, here's, here's the thing. We, we got to keep monitoring him because if he plays, you're starting him. There is no decline in fantasy production seen from any of the positional groups, running back wide receiver or tight end when they return from a groin injury. And we know that he's, he's a terrific player. Him and Jimmy G have a great rapport. Uh, just keep monitoring. If he plays, you start him. All right. Nice and easy. Okay. Injuries are done. We're going to cut over to an interview that Tom and I did a couple of days ago. We interviewed Hannah Kaplan, who works at a hospital in Atlanta. So Hannah is going to give us some insight on some medical procedures that take place when we have really unfortunate traumatic injuries, like the Dane Jackson injury for the Bills on Monday. Hope you guys are learning some stuff at home. A great interview. So enjoy. We are here today with Hannah Kaplan uh, at the fantasy injury team. We like to take a look from different perspectives and look at the field in various different ways. So Hannah is a doctor of physical therapy at Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. It's Atlanta's only level one trauma center. Hannah works on the trauma units as well as in surgical and medical ICUs. I'm sure she's seen some crazy stuff. She works with patients after all sorts of traumatic injuries. Hannah, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Hannah, Thanks for taking the time. Hannah, awesome to see you again. Uh, for all the listeners, Hannah's one of my good friends from PT school. We spent a lot of time studying together. Um, Hannah, tell our listeners, so Joe introduced you, obviously, but tell our listeners what like a day-to-day day is for you and, and the types of patients that you see. Okay, so I get into work and I have my patient list in the hospital that's changing by the hour, truly. Um, And I, like Joe said, work on the trauma units and the ICUs. So I see lots of patients after car accidents, tons of gunshot wounds, assault, um, falls from heights, falls, just ground level falls, um, people who are injured on the job and construction jobs. So all day long, I am teaching these people how to start moving again. Um, They all have different injuries and sometimes they can't put weight 
through one of their limbs. So I show them basically how to get mobile enough to leave the hospital. And with that, I see a lot of people with acute traumatic brain injuries and acute spinal cord injuries, meaning people who are newly paralyzed. So teaching them the basic building blocks of their mobility. Yeah. And with that experience, um, for all the listeners out here, Hannah is also an avid fantasy football player going on what year three now. All right. (laughs) First year doing two leagues. So that's a big milestone for me. Heck yeah. Just wait for uh, when you really get into it five or six years down the line when you're in seven different leagues and you can't keep up. And I mean, I know I'm sure you're busy with your job and, and all crazy hours, but uh, your, your Sundays will become, I want to say more interesting, but they also might become more hectic. But glad you like fantasy football, too. That's awesome. Yes. So uh, for the listeners, Hannah was actually the one that texted me last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um when the Buffalo Bills were playing the Tennessee Titans and there is the Dane Jackson injury, which we've all seen by now and heard about by now. Thank God we're getting the news that he he walked out of the hospital today and he's totally fine. But with Hannah's background working at Grady, when she saw that, she was immediately concerned and, and she texted me right away and I was watching my Eagles play, so I didn't even see this happen. Hannah, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that hit? So I saw the neck hyperextension, meaning it was forced backwards towards someone's back um, at a very fast and unexpected rate. So I got really worried because he stayed on the ground. He was in tons of pain. And that is a very common way to injure your spinal cord. Um, The spinal cord is how we move, how we feel everything. And at the neck level, it controls the neck level down. So it's a very fragile area. Um, So I was very concerned. Uh, What came to my mind was something called a central cord, spinal cord injury syndrome, which will I'm sure we'll get into. But um, I you can go ahead and explain it now. Okay, so that is when you're it's, it's a type of paralysis, a type of spinal cord injury where your arms are what is affected. Um, and it varies. I've seen quite a few uh, in my time at Grady. And sometimes it's truly just, you know, some hand weakness really affecting your fine motor skills and your overall strength. Um, but it can be your whole arm is flaccid. It can meaning absolutely no, no movement, just dead weight. Um, it can mean your trunk, your abs, your back muscles, how you sit up. Um, aren't functioning and you need a lot of help to just sit up in bed. Um, So I was very, very worried to see that um, and especially him staying on the ground, but his, his teammate kind of pushed him on his side and he started banging the ground with his hand. So I, right away I was like, good, he's moving his arm. Then he sort of flopped on his back, but I saw he marched his legs up. So it's like, okay, good. He has movement. What really matters is what happens from here on out and how they stabilize his spine. Um, I'm sure many people have heard that sometimes it's not the injury. It's what's done after the injury that can really cause a lot of damage. Um, but they, the trainers went right out there, the athletic trainers, I assume, Um, and they didn't touch him. They made sure no one else touched him, made sure he stayed flat, did not move. 
they did absolutely the right thing by getting an ambulance out there immediately um, to correctly stabilize the spine. They didn't try to, you know, take them in a cart anywhere. It was, it was chef's kiss, as the kids are saying now, perfect response. Yeah. <clears throat> you hit on a lot of good points there. And, and that's, that's what we love to hear. And, and obviously the good news has come out today that he's doing well. Um, and some of the things that we'd like to see like right away with this type of scary injury is, are those, are they able to move their limbs? And as you mentioned, like you knew right away that this probably wasn't a super severe injury because he had movement in all his limbs and the way that the Buffalo Bills training staff and medical staff handled the situation was, was great. A uh, did a tremendous job. Um, Always really scary when you see, I, I was watching the other game and, and I was wondering why there was such a delay. It's always so scary when you see the ambulance come on the field and you just like your heart breaks for these people. I mean, that's what our show is. We talk about injuries, but when there's something as serious as that, it's, it's really alarming. So it's cool. I mean, Hannah, thanks for kind of explaining what, what goes into it? I mean, it's this sure. you guys that do then deal with this stuff and, and help recovery and help during the, the medical process. You guys are freaking heroes, but it's 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 good to get a little bit of insight about it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so Hannah, he gets in the ambulance and he goes to the hospital. What do you think occurred when he got to the hospital? What kind of tests was he going through? What yeah. all were they looking at there? Yeah. And I was definitely still worried at that point. Cause I, you know, you don't know, like his hands could be totally weak and that would really affect his, his whole career. Um, so yeah. So when he gets to the hospital, they're right away going to do your trauma scan. So they're going to do a CT scan of the head, the neck and the chest, the abdomen, the pelvis. That's where all your vital organs are, your brain, your spinal cord, again, all your vital organs. So they got to check on that first especially knowing with his injury, you know, I'm sure they called ahead. They were waiting for uh, Dane Jackson, the patient, and had all these things ready to go. Uh, Sorry to cut you off. Is, is that a common practice? Like if there's ever, you know, obviously you talked about gunshot wounds or something. It, it's like a, I know it kind of sounds like a basic question, but you call the hospital ahead and say, we have this incoming and they prepare a room or they get people like ready. I mean, I imagine it's such a hectic scene there. Yeah. So the trauma, like Bay, as we call it, is where the the emergency room where the trauma patients are being brought in and triaged um, is a hectic place. So the the advance notice that they get, though, is just the um, the ambulance, the paramedics, the EMS staff who are getting these patients, stabilizing them, bringing them to the hospital. But oftentimes patients um are like literally dropped off, like tons of gunshot wound patients will just walk up to the ED or be dropped off, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, And so sometimes there is no notice and you just have, they just have to act. This insight is good. I mean, you know, I hope we never, ever hope for injuries. Of course not. And we wish the best of health to everybody in the NFL and of course in the world, but hopefully we can have you back on. I mean, Tom, I don't know if you have any other questions, but I'm sure there's going to be more things that pop up that, I mean, I don't want to disrespect Tom. He's a real smart fellow over there, but might be above his, uh, his pay grade or his, his mental capacity, certainly above mine. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm learning like a student here. I'm like, Oh wow, this is, you know, trying to simplify things, but yeah, Tom, you got anything else? Um, 
I guess just you, you were you. Were, so he had hit all the CT scans. Anything typically happen after that? So after that, what's going to happen is if you know the the trauma doctors will then consult either either orthospine or neurosurgery. Neurosurgery will take a look at those scans or orthospine, and they'll say, "Hey, um, cervical spine, meaning the neck. The neck looks stable." Um, but oftentimes like they'll recommend the patient stay in a cervical collar or a neck brace for oftentimes up to six weeks, enough time for your bones to kind of heal or, you know, get, get a good way through the healing process. Um, but if they take a look at the scans and they're like, something doesn't look right here, we see some ligamentous damage. That's a little sketchy. Go ahead and get an MRI. Now, based on the MRI results, they might need to take the patient for a neck fusion. Um, and so if that, and they, they would do that emergently with an unstable spine. So I'm not sure if they would release that type of information for Dane Jackson, but like technically it would be possible that spinal cord's totally fine, neck's unstable. He might need to get stay in a neck brace or even get a fusion um and that's a that's a long healing process and tom can probably talk more about that process once he's trying to return to sport and really rehabbing that further along in the healing process but he's not going to have any he's not going to have the ability to turn his neck or very limited ability to turn his neck mm -hmm. he's or have to and as a football player i mean it's incredibly challenging to even get back to that level of sport. Yeah. It, um, it, it doesn't sound like he had to undergo that surgery. I mean, then he walked out of the hospital today. Um, Although. but yeah, which, which is terrific news. But if just for, for listeners reference, if a football player does need a neck fusion, it would really depend what levels of the cervical spine were fused. If it's higher up, then that's where a lot of our rotation comes from. And that would really, really, really impact performance. Um, Peyton Manning had a fusion. Uh, I believe it was C5 and C6, which is lower down. Not a whole lot of rotation going there. And he was able to return. Um, but that's really the only example that I know of. I know um, mm -hmm. Justin Ross, the rookie out of Clemson, had a fusion. And he's currently on the IR, uh, but I think his fusion was like two years ago and he played one year of college after he had it. But those are really the only examples I, that I am aware of. Uh, but luckily that doesn't seem to be the case for, for Dane Jackson. Yeah. All right, Hannah, let's finish up. Final question. <laughs> give, give us your fantasy start of the week this week. Uh, did you prepare her for this in advance? This is great. I didn't see this coming. I'm new to tell me to prepare because I panicked when he told me, but I, I came up with something and it's, it's right. um, you're probably going to do better than I did last week. So, uh, oh, the bar is terrible that, last week. <laughs> I had a rough week. I'm going to bounce back. I hope, but go ahead, Hannah. What is a, uh, who's your, who's your starter this week? All right. So all, you know, I'm a dirty bird through and through ATL girl over here, unfortunately for me, but I got to pick my guy, Drake London. Um, he's been getting tons of targets. He's one of our few offensive assets. We 
our run game's not going well. We're going to be forced to throw against Seattle. Um, I think he's going to do well. He's He crushed it last week. He got me 20 points in my little league. So, yeah, I'm definitely starting him again this week. I love that. That sounds great. Tom did say last question, but I do have one more question for you. So we got a fit. We got an Eagles fan. We got a Falcons fan. Can you tell us what's going on with Kyle Pitts? Because us in this fantasy community cannot figure it out. We love this guy. I love this guy. You said you're a dirty bird. You're you're a Falcon fan. Is this guy, is he coming back anytime soon to to his real self? Are they going to get him involved? What's happening with him? I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what I think about the head coach and like what he, what role he wants him to play. I think he's trying to make him more of like a blocker or something. I don't understand or just like divert attention. Um, but, and, and I, I don't, to be honest with you, Marcus Mariota, like jur- jury's still out on him for me. I, I was a big Matt Ryan fan. So that's kind of what I'm chalking it up to. Um, but no clue and would love to see more out of him as well. I think we all would. That's a great analysis. We have a spot for you. Anytime you want to guest on our show, talk injuries, talk fantasy football, talk life, talk whatever you want. But we really appreciate it, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Great information, awesome analysis, and uh, we'll hope to talk with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to come back anytime. Big fan. All right, on to our last segment of the show, the Start Sit. Um, Tom, cue the dramatic, sad music or the sad trumpet for me. It was it was a rough week for me, guys. Uh, listen, I'm going to stick by my guns. Um, uh, it was uh, I told you guys to bench and drop Amari Cooper last week, who, who did well. I stand by it. I still don't think he's good. I called the Christian Watson touchdown. He had three catches for nine yards, so I guess we were close there. <laughs> I wow, mean, I don't man. know. I don't. I don't know what to make of the Packers. You had yourself game, a good man, week, but, huh? It's, yeah, it's I, I, I'll, I'll blame. I don't know what to blame, but I mean, I said to sit Sanders, he had 11 points. So we'll, we'll call that a wash, but hoping to redeem myself this week. Um, I'll go first. I got two starts for you guys that I'm super confident in. And my first one might sound a little bit easy, but there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of questions in the fantasy community. And quite frankly, for me, a lot of overreaction and it's on Kyle Pitts. Um, I think he has two games back-to-back with two catches for 19 yards. He's done nothing. Listen, guys, don't overreact. Don't panic. Your league mates might panic and want to make trades. You drafted these guys, right? You had faith in them. It's only been two games. Stay the course. Pitts has a phenomenal matchup on paper this week against an awful Seahawks defense who just gave up 27 to the Niners. Dude had 110 targets last year, was the fourth overall pick. He had a game last year, guys, where he went seven for 163. An otherworldly prospect, athleticism. I hated what the coach said, Arthur Smith. He, he you know, he's he said, yeah, this isn't fantasy football out here. And, uh, you know, we're doing it is for can. us. <laughs> That's damn right. It is for us. So I say to you guys, relax, play your studs. Kyle Pitts is back this week. Going to have a solid week. I'm playing against him in my home league. So uh, I know it's going to happen. It's inevitable for me. So I'm all over Kyle Pitts. My other start of the week is Rashad Penny, um, a guy I think I reach for a little bit in my home league. I actually sat him last week against the 49ers who were really good. You know, sometimes he does get game scripted out. But listen, if you drafted Penny, this is the week to play him. You know, how many games are the Seahawks going to be favorites? Uh, Maybe a handful. They're home favorites this week. Um, Pete Carroll likes him. I like him a lot, too. 
play Rashad Penny, play him with confidence this week. I think he's going to, he's going to do really, really well. And my sit, I'll make this nice and short is going to be Devin Singletary. I think that he gets phased out too much. I think if he had a bigger role in the offense, he would do better, but he gets phased out a lot. They pass the ball a ton. Cook is in Moss is in the dolphins have a pretty stout defense. So I'm out on Singletary this week. It always seems like they're on the goal line and you're rooting for Singletary and here comes Moss or here comes somebody else or Josh Allen runs it in. I'm sitting Singletary this week. So boys, hoping for a little comeback. I got Pitt starting, Rashad Penny starting, sitting Singletary. Who's up? Who's on the clock? So my start of the week, this is an absolutely ridiculous stat. It's Ezekiel Elliott. who's off to a slow start this year. But Joe, he plays your New York Giants. Do you know that he has never not scored double-digit fantasy points against the New York Giants? Ever. How many? Ten for ten. Ten for ten. Ten games against the Giants, all of them, home or away, he scored double-digit points. He averages 15 a game, and I... I, That's a good stat. Ten for ten? You got to that, start. That's really all you have to say. You don't even need more of an argument than that. 10 for 10 is, is wild. And it's Monday I'm gonna night. Be, I'm going to be rooting against him quite aggressively, but you, you can't, you can't lie or, or you can't, you know, go back on numbers like that. So I could see it happening, Tom. Best of luck to you. I hope it doesn't happen, but I could see it. Um, who are you sitting, Tom? So my sit of the week. And like you, Joe, last week, this one's bold. Okay. You ready? It's about time someone else takes a bold take out here. I was, I'm saying Christian Watson's going to score a touchdown. It might not be bold. It might be downright stupid, but give us your bold take. So I am sitting a top three overall pick this year, Austin Eckler, and I'll tell you why. He goes up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, on, which at first thought, you know, sounds pretty nice, right? They are third. Their defense is third in the league against the run this year. They've only allowed 139 yards on the ground. And they played against Jonathan Taylor last week. And then the Washington Commanders the week before, who, you know, Gibson, he's he's kind of middle of the pack. But still, 139 yards in two games and zero touchdowns. Eckler's snap uh, snap percentage in these first two weeks is 49% and 63%, which is not what it used to be for him. We've talked about the questions with Herbert's health. They may struggle to move the ball a little bit. I, if you've got somebody else that you can play over him, it's, you know, I'm Tom, taking a bold take here. Tom, that, terrible. that is bold. <laughs> you know what though? We got to get the people thinking, you know, listen, I talked before about how he could get super involved, but you bring, listen again, statistics and facts don't lie. Like these are real numbers. But on a serious note, you talked about his usage. I, I think it is a little bit concerning. You said, what was it the first week? Under 50% of snaps? It's low, man. It's real low. Um, Tom, do you have him anywhere? Uh, I personally don't. Yeah, see, Mass Sam, that, that's, a great, that's a great point. So I, I <laughs> no want to see Tom. Actually him. I, I want to see Tom with a team with Eckler that he actually sits. How about, the, how about, how about you nah, just bet the under? We talked about a couple of shows. Oh, here, I'll bet here. the under. So just take his under, take his Absolutely. under on yardage or on touchdowns Absolutely. or whatever. Okay. I can't wait for next week's show, man. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk to you, Tommy boy. All right. Um, Sam, do you have something a little bit more uh, normal or a little bit less crazy? Yeah, I got us? something a little better. All right. Uh, all right. My start of the week here is going to be Irv Smith. So he had eight targets and five receptions this week. 
Um, in week one, I know he didn't put up a great performance, but he only played 31% of the snaps in week one. Week two, he played 56% of the snaps. So he's kind of going on the up and up, and people might forget that he's actually coming back from a meniscus repair surgery that he had last season. So they may just be kind of easing him back into the action over the first couple of weeks. So I think he's a good good start this week. Um, I, know the, I mean, the tight ends are terrible anyway, so why not take a flyer on him? As for my sits for this week, I'm going to sit all of the Bears receivers. They're just not going to be putting up any production. Uh, Justin Fields only had 17 pass attempts in week one, 11 in week two. There's simply not enough volume to start any of them. That's yeah, a good take. Mooney, Komet, it's been a disaster over there. Okay. A little bit more reasonable takes there. So always fun to see. We should uh, maybe Sam, maybe next week. Next, next, yeah, next week you'll you'll make a bold pick. All right, I'll be the bold guy next All week. Right, you got you got to get crazy. We're, we're not even going to call them bold anymore. We're just going to call them wild and outstanding, you know, crazy. Maybe Sitting in the future Josh we Allen. could start keeping like statistics and we'll, we'll keep like records of like who's hit and who's doesn't it. We'll have some fun with it. But as always, boys, always a super, super fun show. We hope you guys at home enjoyed the show, you know, as much as we love creating it and having fun. You guys ever need anything, you reach out to us. We're happy to help you. Happy to talk football with you guys. Tom and Sam, thank you boys so much. Fun show again. Let's have a good week. Of course. Good luck, everybody. All right. Let's get it. Thank you guys for listening. We are the Fantasy Injury Team, and we'll see you guys next time. Adios.